0: Gratitude is a habit and lifestyle that grows from the longings and praises rooted deep within our desires and experiences. It produces a thankful heart, a grateful expression, and it reminds us that living a blessed life now is only a glimpse into what's to come. So go ahead, take a look around, and cultivate gratitude in every season. Good morning, church. Hey, um, I just want to first, before I start, I want to say thank Pastor Kevin for opening up this sermon series so well for us last week. Um, We are in the middle of a three-part series on cultivating gratitude. And last week, like I said, Pastor Kevin was able to talk about uh, being thankful, having a thankful heart, and how being thankful is an inward, um, uh, internal attitude, it often requires us to take inventory of the things that have, or that the things that we have, and also the things that are happening in our life. And next week, Pastor Michael he's going to be able to walk us through a sermon on on being blessed and how having a blessed heart is an eternal um, 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 attitude. It's about uh, us being blessed and recognizing that our uh, attitude and actions are rooted in our awareness and our responsiveness to God. But this week, we're going to be able to talk about being grateful, having a grateful heart, how being grateful is an external attitude, and it must be expressed. And we've heard it said here many times that uh, gratitude is not gratitude until it crosses your lips. And at this time of year, it's very easy for us to, to be thankful or grateful for things, for people, for places in our life. And, and since Thanksgiving was coming up, I thought it would be a great idea to solicit some of your help, some of your pictures about things that you're grateful or thankful for during the season. This is some of the responses we got back here. We got people who are thankful for their family Husbands and wives who are, who are thankful for their spouses. We got parents who are thankful for their kids. We have grandparents who are thankful for their grandkids. We got even people thankful for pets and animals. We got people thankful for their trucks. We saw people post pictures uh, of the this church, this place here. They're thankful for new work. We got people who posted pictures of United States flags and are thankful for our country. There's so many things that you and I can be thankful for. And so I have a question for you: Do you have a reason to be grateful? You see, I have a reason to be grateful. I can remember it like it was yesterday. I was a senior in high school. I was about to graduate. My family, my mom and uh, my, my siblings had moved back to East St. Louis, Illinois. I was living in Nashville at the time. Um, I was actually living with my best friend and his family, and um, they were about to get ready to move as well. And I can remember getting ready to go on a student ministry event And just so happened, the way things aligned is that the student pastor at the time and his wife and his family were not gonna be able to go when everybody else was gonna go. And they asked me and invited me to take a ride with them. And what I thought was gonna be just a simple car ride with my student pastor to a student ministry event end up being a a amazing, life-changing conversation that changed the trajectory of my life for forever. This conversation um, um, was, was surrounded around one question. Cliff, would you be willing to move in with me and my family? Aaron and Casey invited me to be a part of their family. And I can tell you on this side of it, I had no idea what the Lord had in store for me when he asked me that question, will you move in with this family? the blessing I got to witness. Not only got to witness, but be a part of. I got to see what it was like to live in a home with a godly family. The opportunities to serve within a local church, the growth I experienced in college, the privilege to serve at Centric Camps, the countless numbers of mentorships I experienced, the space to hear and accept to call the ministry. My wife. My son even being here at Newark, all comes out of one question. Cliff, would you be willing to move in with me and my family? And I'm so grateful, so thankful for Aaron and Casey for inviting me to be a part of their family. So often we use the word thankful and grateful interchangeably. After reviewing some research from this week, I, I did notice that there is a difference between the two words. You see, thankful is dependent upon uh, the, your life situation, dependent on the events that are happening around you. It's surface level, meaning it's, in, it's in, in response to the situations that you're going through. It's short-lived, meaning that it's here and now. we grateful, on the other hand, is independent of all life circumstances, It's deeper than just the here and now, and it's long-term meaning that it's something that's built over time. Having a grateful heart is built. It doesn't just happen. And today, this is where we're going to find Paul in Acts chapter 27, verse 35. We're going to be able to see a a person with 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 a heart full of hope, with a life full of gratitude, and a heart overflowing with gratefulness. As you're turning to Acts chapter 27, let me just take a quick moment to introduce myself. My name is Cliff Hines, and I get the privilege and honor of being one of the pastors here at Newark. I mean, I love it. Uh, Most of the time, you probably will see me or hear me on the Kids Hallway, but today, I get the honor and privilege of being here with you guys. Also, if you guys don't mind doing us a favor, if you guys probably received a a, uh, con- uh, a uh, listening guide at the bottom of the listening guide, you got a QR code. We ask you to, to scan that and lead you to our connection card, where you can fill out uh, any prayer requests or ways that we can connect with you. And we would love to connect with you um, through those prayer requests. Another thing is, is this: is that if you haven't had a chance yet to check check out our online merch on our Thankful, Grateful, Blessed uh, sermon series merchandise. Check it out. There's lots of good stuff. Joshua's wearing something. We had some folks in first service wearing some. Maybe it's something that you want to wear as well. But yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. Um, So now that all that's all the way, all the formalities and all that stuff, let's turn to Acts chapter 27, verse 35. And this is going to be our key verse um, for this passage today. Acts chapter 27, verse 35, reads as this. It says, Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, a piece, uh, broke off a piece and ate it. This is our key text that's going to help us outline the rest of today's sermon. And at the moment that we read um, um, this prayer from Paul, um, he and 75 other um, people are on this ship in the middle of this huge storm in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea and Paul and all those on board know that they're about to be shipwrecked. And so even in the midst of their terrible situation, Paul still had a reason to praise. I mean, literally in the middle of a storm and Paul is being thankful to God. I think that we all Has a have a reason to praise, regardless of the situation you're going through. And if you missed night of worship, that's what was the whole focus of that night. It was to help us to uh, align our heart and our mind with the understanding that that regardless of what you're going through, you and I, we still have a reason to praise. And so, just if you missed it, check out this recap video. Hey, but I came here to tell you tonight that you have a reason to praise, because God your father has plans for you hey here's the best news he doesn't just have plans they're good plans good plans for you good plans for me so we have a reason to praise so let me tell you this from the Word of God by the authority of the Word of God here's what it says Psalm 33:11. but the Lord's plans stand firm forever, and his intentions can never be shaken. So when you're in the storm, are you grateful? What about after the storm? Are you grateful then? Are you grateful before you even go through the storm? today this is going to be our focus for today how can you and i how can we be grateful before during and after the storm we'll be using the context of paul's journey to rome as our guide today so grateful before the storm How about we take a look at uh, Paul and all the others before they're actually in a storm. And before we read this text here today, um, how about we, how about let me give you a little bit more context of where we are. You see, Paul has been put on trial for preaching the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection in the midst uh, in, in, in Jerusalem. And, and what happens is, is that the religious leaders, they want Paul to be put to death and, and to be put into prison. Paul has been fighting in courtroom, in courtroom, trying to defend himself from the lies that the religious leaders are telling. And then the king and the leaders of the law of that time, they could not find a reason why Paul should be put in prison. And more so, even that, that why he should be put to death. But Paul has appealed to Caesar, who is in Rome, because he knows that his life is on the line. And so this is the reason why Paul, Luke, and Aristarchus, are, and, and, and 273 other men are, are on the ship heading to Rome. Now at this point, Paul is a prisoner, but he's not like any other prisoner. You see, he has some special treatment. You see, unlike all the people, all the other prisoners who are actually on the ship, Paul has some friends around him. He has Luke, the, actually the author of, 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 uh, uh, of, uh, of Acts, and then also he has Aristarchus, his, his other buddy. These two guys were allowed to, to go on this journey with Paul. But not only that, is that when Paul was able to stop at docks, when the, when the ship stopped at docks, Paul had the privilege to go and meet his other friends to be refreshed. If we look back in verse 3 of Acts chapter 27, it says this, the next day when we docked at Sidon, Julius was very kind to Paul and let him go ashore to visit with his friends so they could provide for his needs. You see, he got a little extra special privilege because, like I said, he was a prisoner, but not a prisoner. He hasn't been, um, uh, uh, he hasn't been uh, uh, accused of anything that, that has put him in, into prison. And so, and so they've been sailing along the coast for several days. They're on this ship and they've been sailing along the coast for several days. And they, while they've been traveling, they've been battling heavy winds, strong waves. And they're constantly on this journey. And so this is where we're gonna pick up in verse eight uh, in the midst of their travels. In verse eight it says this. We struggled along the coast with great difficulty and finally arrived at Fairhaven, near the town of Lycia. We had, lo- lo- we had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel uh, because it was so late in, uh, in the fall. And Paul spoke to the ship officer about it. "'Men,' he said, "'I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, danger to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. And since Fairhaven was an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter, most of the crew wanted to go on to Phoenix,' further up the coast of Crete and spend the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor with only a southwest and, north, uh, a southwest and northwest exposure. Um, and this is kind of where we are in our text. We, we see here that there, there's two things that we can be grateful for before the storm. You see, the first one is this, the people in our lives. And the second one, is the voices in our life. I believe that we need to listen to godly advice. Because maybe if we listen to godly advice, we could possibly avoid um, um, some of the 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 storms in life. We should be listening to God Himself, to the people that He put in our life that 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 can be that can that, that our advice can be trusted. But in these verses, when we read here, um, um, starting in uh, where, where Paul talks about, uh, he, do, he doesn't think it's a good time to travel, I don't think he's speaking as a prophet of God at this moment. I think he's speaking more so from his experience. He, he, he knows the seasons. He, he, he knows um, um, the conditions of the water during this time of year. Maybe, exactly like some of you guys know, the crop rotation here in Hopkinsville. You know that there's going to be corn, you're going to be winter wheat, and what's the other one? Soybean, right? And you know how they go on rotation all the time. You know how much water they need during the season. You know when they need to be planted. You know when they need to be harvested. You know how much time the farmer has before he needs to put the next crop in the ground before that window closes. That, that's what we, I figured out here in Hopkinsville. People know all these things. They know when the allergy is coming up. They're, they're harvesting over there. Get, you, get your allergy pill ready, Right? Like, you guys know this from experience, right? And I think this is where Paul was coming from when he said, hey, there's troubles ahead. It's late in fall. And so the thing is is that this, is that I believe that, 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 that he was trying to give them advice from their experience. He advised them not to go on because there was going to be the possibility of shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to their life. And what we find out is they, did, they did decide not to listen to Paul in the advice that he had to offer. You see, folks, I believe sometimes this is how we are. Sometimes we're Paul in the story, where we have a friend who comes to you, and you give them the best godly advice you can, and they reject it. We, we know how Paul feels in this moment. But also, other times, I believe that we're the officer in charge of the prisoners. Where we have heard from God, or we've heard from godly people in life and we trust, and we choose to go seek other advice, and that advice lead us to greater danger. I believe we can relate to both of these people. The one who gives advice and get rejected, the one who hears advice, and then we also reject that as well. I believe we also take our godly friends for for granted. I believe that we we, we, we know that they're going to always be there regardless of what we're going through. And sometimes we choose to listen to them and other times we don't. I believe being grateful needs to be a way of life and not just an aspect of it. But what I mean by this is that so often we are thankful for those friends who help us out. We're, we're, we're so thankful for those friends who let us borrow their car. We're thankful for those friends who help us move. We're thankful for those friends who are, are willing to watch our kids, who be the listening ear on a hard day, and we're thankful for them. But when we talk about being grateful, I believe it comes from all those things built up over time, and it also comes from our initiative to express the gratitude for them for being in our lives before they even do anything in our life. Gratefulness needs to be a way of life, not an aspect of it. By a show of hands, how many of you guys have ever been on a cruise before? Like on a cruise? I mean, cruises are fun. Me and my wife, we love going on cruises. And I can tell you the last cruise that Bethany and I went on. It was in October of 2018, we were super excited to get away for a couple days. Bethany had just turned or or is about to turn 26 while we we're there. And speaking about turning 26, check out this video uh, that we had from uh the the cruise that we on uh when she turned 26. Okay. Please we're gonna sing louder, okay? You can hear me? All right, very well. We're gonna count to three, okay? One, two, and three. Happy birthday to you. you. Happy birthday to you, you. Happy, Happy birthday, dear Joycey. Happy birthday to you. candle. Oh. So, so that video was there. It's actually, where, like you know, we were on the cruise, Bethany celebrating her 26th birthday. Miss Joyce, who was also our waiter, her birthday happened to be on the same day. And the crazy thing is, is that we were excited. We were looking forward to visiting some new places. We, were, uh, we had booked some excursions. We were going to go and swim with the stingrays and all that fun stuff. But little did we know that our whole trip, our whole plan was about to change. You see, we were in the Gulf of Mexico, but then also, do anybody know what was happening in October uh, in the Gulf of Mexico on, in 2018? Anybody know what else happened? A hurricane? Do anybody know what hurricane it was? Hurricane Michael. Hurricane Michael happened. And, and not the Hurricane Michael that we have here at World. You know, he, he's a little bit of a—you'll you'll get to experience him next week. That's different. But this one here, Hurricane Michael, was a category five hurricane that literally popped up out of nowhere. People thought that it was just gonna be another tropical storm, and, and, and the thing is is that this tropical storm rapidly intensified into a category five hurricane that, st- that devastated lots of, of the United States. All of Florida, all that area down there, up the coast, messed up. Man, I can remember laying in bed at night on the bottom deck, that's the cheap seats, if you didn't know, like where where you stay at the bottom of the deck. I mean, if we were on Titanic, we would have died first, you know, that kind of situation. And man, I felt like, I can remember laying in bed, feeling like a a can of soup, sitting on a teeter-totter, rocking back and forth. I felt like our whole bed was going across the floor and back. The waves were so bad. I can remember walking down the halls, and I felt like the floor, the walls, and the ceiling was all moving at the same time. Man, I can't imagine how those friends who um, had one too many drinks must have felt walking on that ship. Whew. Man, I believe this is how the guys felt in our story today. Man, if you read the passage, it tells us that things started off very well It was a light wind, not a big problem. Everybody on board, like, yes, we can make it to Phoenix. We can make it to the next harbor. But as they were traveling out of nowhere, this huge typhoon pops up and blows them deep into the open seas. And the thing is is that this, we're going to pick up in verse 18 and hear about some of the things that were happening when when they were out in open seas. Verse 18 in Acts chapter 27 says this, the next day, a gale-force wind continued to batter the ship. The crew began throwing cargo overboard. The following, day, when they, uh, the following day, they took even some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. A terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars, until at last all hope was gone. Now, no one had eaten for a long time, Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, check this out, folks. He said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place when we, uh, when we and not left Crete. How many of your friends, how many of you guys in your life have that friend that when something bad happens, they say, I told you so? That's what's happening right here in Paul. With Paul. He said, I told you so, you should never left. He said, You would have avoided all of this damage and loss. Goes on in verse 22, he says, But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of God, whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. Now, this is Paul speaking in verse 25. He says, So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said, But the ship, uh, but we will suffer shipwreck on an island. When we're in the middle of the storm, I think we need to ask ourselves a very um, life defining question. The question is this Do you believe in God or do you believe God? Did you hear what Paul said in verse 25? He said, so take courage, for I believe God. Maybe that's something that you need to circle in your Bible or highlight or underline, whatever you do. I believe God. You see, Paul, he didn't say, I believe in God, and I believe that there is a huge difference. Just by adding one little word in the middle of that sentence, it's either I believe God or I believe in God. You see, the difference is this, that every demon in hell acknowledges the existence of God. Satan himself even has to report to God on his doings and where he's been. But the thing is is that when Paul says, I believe God, he is declaring his total confidence in God's knowledge of his situation and that God's promise in his life will prove to be true regardless of his situation. You see, the Bible tells us in uh, in 2 Corinthians a number of things that Paul had been through. It said Paul had suffered three shipwrecks. He was in prison. He was repeatedly flogged. He had been beaten. He was stoned. He escaped from dangerous rivers, robbers, Jews, Gentiles, and even false Christians. It says that he knew many cold, sleepless nights. He battled hunger and thirst. And the thing is that through all of these things that he's experienced, he's learned more about God and how God's faithfulness stands true and how God's promises will stand true in his life regardless of what he has suffered. Paul could boldly declare, I believe God. You see, in Acts chapter 23, verse 11, God himself told Paul that he would go and preach the good news in Rome. It's the same way that he did it in Jerusalem. You're gonna go, he said, you're gonna make it to Rome. In Acts chapter 27, in the midst of this storm, when everybody else around him is going crazy, in verse 23 and verse 24, we hear that God sent him a reminder saying, hey, you're gonna make it to Rome. And Paul says, I believe God. It's going to be just like he said it will be. Church, is it easy for you to say, I believe God, in the midst of your terrible situation? Is it easy for you to say, I believe God, in the bad moments of life? Is it easy for you to say, I believe God, when the health results and the test results that you were hoping for don't come back as planned? Is it easy for you to believe God when you've done all you can do to provide for your family but then there's still another bill in the mail? Is it easy to say you believe God when you're going through those tough situations? Truly it's not, it's hard to say I believe God in those moments. But another question I want you to think about is this, but is it worth it? Is it worth it to say I believe God when you're in the midst of your most terrible, long-suffering storm in life? I believe it is. But I think it all rests on the question, do you believe God? Or do you just believe in God? In the midst of the storm, I think we also need to give thanks to God while we're still in the storm. You see, after Paul says that he believes in God, the thing is, is that in, 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 in verse 26, he follows up with this. He says, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. You see, their their, their situation didn't change just because Paul said, hey, I believe in God. The storm wasn't over. They didn't just make it to Rome right away. They were still in the midst of a huge storm in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, not knowing where they were. And they knew that the worst was still to come. Several stormy days later, they began to sense, they get the feeling they can see the waters, maybe the water levels. I don't know what they, what they sensed. that They felt like they were getting close to land. And so they tried to drop an anchor to see how, how deep it was. They tried to drop an anchor to slow down the ship. And some of the guys on the boat wanted to abandon ship because they knew that in their new future, future they were going to be shipwrecked. And maybe they might lose their life, but the thing is they're not still listening and they're not taking to heart the things that God had said. And so we're going to pick up in verse 31 and and, and read to pick up in our story here, okay? Verse 31 says this, but Paul said to the commanding officer and uh, and the soldiers, he said, you will die unless the sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. "'You've been so worried that you haven't touched your food in two weeks,' he said. "'Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair on your head will perish.'" Our key verse, verse 35, "'Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, broke a piece off, and ate it. "'Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat, all 276 of us who were on board.'" After eating, the crew lightened the uh, ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. I believe showing gratitude is important because it connects us with God. You see, when we are showing gratitude, it's all about acknowledging uh, our relationship with God and knowing that God is the source of all good things and the blessings that are in our life. And sometimes we go through situations in our life when we feel like there's no way out, that there's no hope. There's no reason to thank God. In fact, other people around you may may think you're silly for wanting to thank God in in the midst of your storm. But being grateful... Being grateful does not mean that you're denying the reality of your situation, but rather it means that you've chosen to rejoice in God in the midst of your trial in your situation. Being grateful is a choice, and it is contagious. You see, sometimes when we just look at our life from the surface level, sometimes we we don't see a reason to praise, I mean, look at the news. Think about the climate of our culture. Sometimes it's hard to find a reason to praise. But if we know that God is in the midst of our situation, there's always something to be grateful for. Showing gratitude is a choice of looking at light when you're still surrounded by darkness. It is about being intentionally grateful um, How uh, how, uh, the good things that you still have despite all the bad things that are here and now. Being grateful, it has to be a choice. And did you also know what happened when when Paul was grateful to God, when he thanked God in front of everybody? In verse 36, uh, it says that, then everyone was encouraged and began to eat, all 276 of them. So this is for you, church. So how you show up, how you respond to God in the midst of your situation can impact your witness to other people, either positively or negatively. The way that you show up and the way that you respond to your situation can impact somebody else's life. Paul here was grateful in the storm and everybody around him was encouraged. And sometimes when we're going through the storm, we make it through, we gotta be grateful after the storm as well. And so just to to catch up with our story here, what we find out is that the next morning the crew actually sees land. They see like, oh, there is land right there. They're trying their best to make it to land as safely as possible. They're still lighting the low, they're dropping anchors. All these things are cutting anchors off. They're trying their best to make it to land safely. But as they're headed to land, they get stuck. The ship get destroyed by the heavy winds and the strong waves. It starts to fall apart. And this is where we're going to pick up in verse 42. It says this, "'The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners "'to make sure they didn't swim to shore and escape. "'But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul, "'so he didn't let them carry out their plans.'" Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make it for land. The others held on to planks and debris from the broken ship so that everyone escaped uh, escaped safely to shore. You see, God is faithful to bring us through the storm. You see, in Romans chapter eight. Paul writes this. He says, We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called and called according to his purpose. God will work all things out for our good and for his glory. And when he says all things, He means all things. He means the good things in your life. He means the bad things in your life. He means the high moments. He means the low moments. He means the good health reports and the bad health reports. When he says all things, he means all things. And let me tell you this, church. I don't know where all of you guys are, what situation you're going through. I don't know if you're about to go through a storm, if you're in a storm, or you're you're after the storm. I don't know where you are, but I do know this, that God, he can, and he ultimately will see his people, that's you, that's me, through even the greatest storms in life. And perhaps, perhaps you're looking at me right now and you're confused. Thinking, there's no way that this can be true for me. You're looking at me in the midst of your suffering and saying, I don't see how God can make good out of the suffering that I'm going through right now. Because the storm of life that I'm going through is too much to bear. Maybe your suffering is too great. Maybe the the loss is too deep. Maybe you've been battling the storm way longer than you ever thought you would be but you're still in the midst of it maybe you're, 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 you're burden for a friend or a family member that you see going through a storm right now and you're like there's no way that they can have joy on the other side of this because of this you you, you don't see the light You don't know when the light's going to come back. I know there's people that are in this room who are suffering in silence. They feel that they are all alone. They feel that there's no way out. And church, I want to reassure you, you're not alone. There is a way out. You got a church body. You got a family here that is willing to walk with you through the toughest storms in life. You got a loving and heavenly Father who's been with you the entire process along the way. He hasn't forgotten you. He knows where you are. And his promise will prove true. If you're suffering, and you don't see a way out, and you say that your storm is too much to bear, maybe you feel that in the inside. Would you be willing to to raise your hand? see you, I see you, yeah. it's people all over the room that are suffering, where their storm of life seems like it's too much to bear. Hear me on this. The same God... Was with you before the storm. He's the same God who was with you in the storm. And He will be the same God that's with you after the storm. I want us to have a moment of prayer together as a church. All over this room, hands just went up. Saying that their pain, their suffering has made them feel all alone. That they feel like there's no way out. And they may need some of you to stand up beside them and say, hey, I'll walk with you. I'll pray for you. So, what's gonna happen is we're gonna have in a moment of prayer. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, those people in this room who are struggling in silence, to raise your hand again. And I'm gonna ask the church people, the body of around us, to gather around that person. Because sometimes we just need a reminder. You're not in it all by yourself. God knows. You might just need a word of prayer. There's some of you guys in this room who might just say, hey, I just need to talk to God, reconnect with Him, be grateful for the things that I have in my life, and that's absolutely okay. We want you to be able to pray and respond to God in the way that you need to. So if you need to sit in your seat, if you need to come to this altar, we want you to respond in the way that the Lord needs you to respond. Maybe you need to talk to someone. There's pastors, there's elders, there's small group leaders in this room, and I want to challenge you guys, if you guys can, step to the sides of the room because there's people that might need to talk and have a life-changing conversation. But if you're suffering in silence, let today to be the last day of silence. Focus our attention on God and the things that he's already blessed you with in your life step out in boldness and say, hey, I can use some prayers. So respond in the way that you need to respond. Church, be ready to move and gather around those and pray for folks. So I'm going to ask you again, if you're suffering in silence, can you raise your hand? Church, let's move. I see you. Let's pray. Let's respond. Let's gather around those who are hurting. Today, this is how we're going to end our, our, our time today, where the band is going to continue to lead us through a time of prayer. If that's you, if you're suffering, and you need help, raise that hand up high. Church, look around. Let's move. Let's pray with those who are in need. Let's respond together as a church.